Aussie Radio Essentials podcast. A podcast about radio with your host, James Marriott. Hello and fine greetings of the season to you. It is December 2021 and I guess this makes it officially the Christmas edition of the Radio Essentials podcast. And with that, I promise not another mention of the C word. Probably. I'm James. Uh, thank you for your company as we once again delve into things and meet someone from the big wide world of the wireless to talk about their career, talk about how the industry has changed and developed and what the future might have in store. Plus, of course, it wouldn't be a radio podcast if we didn't play a couple of silly games as well. If you didn't know already, Radio Essentials is all about providing content and services for radio people. Please check out radioessentials.com. Now, on to our guest. And I am truly honoured and humbled to welcome onto the show the first lord of the internet, the one and only Scotty McClue. <laughs> Hello, James. What a privilege and a pleasure to be with you. It's my honor and my humility. You see, well known from my humility, hence the first lord of the internet, the world's top broadcaster, <laughs> the father of feminism. Of course, we mustn't miss out on that. And the world's most humble man, just in case anybody thought I might be blowing my own trumpet, Jess. Scotty, I did grow up listening to your shows, but I never rang any of them. But there's something I've always wanted to do. So if I can just dinky-do, Scotty. Oh, dinky-do, James. Lovely to have you with us, Lala. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, Right, in a moment, we're going to have to somehow try and compress your career into a couple of minutes. Plus, later on, we will play the phenomenon the sensation, the feature that absolutely nobody at all is talking about, Jock Against the Clock. So we'll come on to that. I hope the clock doesn't win. (laughs) First of all, I always like to start with an icebreaker. And of course, that icebreaker takes the uh, form of playing the Celebrity Birthdays game. So here's how it works. It's a radio classic. Every breakfast show in the country has done this at some point. So we have a celebrity with a birthday in December. Then we take another celebrity also with a birthday in December. You have to guess whether they will be older or younger than the last one. So higher or lower. It's essentially a game of age shaming celebrities because that's how we roll now, isn't it? So that's what we do. Absolutely. Yes. I'm not of any particular age because I wasn't actually born i was knitted by my grandmother (laughs) and we think she dropped a couple of stitches in the process a couple of large size tens created me it's gonna be it's gonna be so hard to ask you questions through this podcast i'm just gonna be giggling all the way through like a child right we're gonna gonna start with danielle lloyd now um she is a model she i think she was on celebrity big brother a few uh a few years ago were you a a celeb bb fan well i nearly got into the final of big brother i went to audition for big brother is this true with my this is absolutely true turned up with all my tweeds on uh, on a Saturday afternoon at um, the Emirates Stadium in London, where Arsenal play, the Gunners play, and uh, beautiful, beautiful stadium. And I walked in the reception and said, excuse me, sir, can I help you? I said, yes, I want to audition for Big Brother. I said, may I? She said, you certainly can. Well, I don't know, the word went round very quickly, and we ended up with film crews coming over and saying, can we ask you what you're doing here? And I said, yes, I'm going to take part in Big Brother. And of course, there were a lot of very young hopefuls there, all dressed up and all glammed up and everything. And here's this old guy with a flat checkered cap and a tweed jacket. And this guy said, may I ask you, if you're Scottish, why do you have an English accent? I said, well, I don't really have an English accent. I said, well, I can understand you. <laughs> I said, most Scottish people I can't understand. Anyway, I ended up giving all sorts of interviews saying, well, I think television's, uh, uh, you know, not terribly great quality at the moment, so we need to improve it. And I think having Scotty McClure and Big Brother would do that. Anyway, long story short, I expected to be flung out at the first one, and we ended up spending the whole day and then being invited back the next week. 
Right. So I, I went back in the Monday, and you don't obviously get to speak to Big Brother, meet Big Brother, but somebody sends your answers to them and then comes back with the feedback and says things like, Big Brother likes your answer. Uh, anyway, they eventually decided not to. And I said, can I ask why? They said, you've had so much experience of television. I said, well, surely that's a good thing. They said, yeah, but you'll know what we're up to. And uh, I said, well, I'm not going to let on. And they said, no, but we can't take the risk. So Aww. that was it, really. It was such a shame, but it was great fun. I think you'd have been a great housemate, Scotty. Well, we'd certainly have stirred up a lot of nonsense. And, uh, you know, there would have been a fair bit of trouble every night, I could see. I would have loved to have seen you stomping into the diary room to tell off Big Brother for uh, for not supplying enough toilet roll. Yes, I'm getting a bit fed up with you, mush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been classic. So is it, is it a show you've watched? Do, do you know who Danielle Lloyd is? Uh, Danielle Lloyd, right. So, okay, I've got an idea. How old do you reckon she might be? It's her birthday on the 16th of December. I think she's 37. Oh, do you know what? You are incredibly close. That's remarkable. You're one year out. She is 38 on the 16th of December. Oh, she must have had the birthday without me knowing. How close. Right, so we're at 38. Next we have... Jojo, who is the singer, you remember the song Leave Get Out? She sang that yes. few few years back. Yes. Um, her birthday is on the 20th of December. So yes. are you going higher or lower? I'm than going 38? higher, I think. You're going higher? Yes. Is that madness? Am I going to end up offending somebody? I, I, I'm not sure that she's a listener to the podcast, so you're probably safe. Uh, but she's actually 31, so she's quite oh, a bit so younger. Right, I was going higher. I thought she might be 39, so there we go. Well, it feels like she's been around for a long, long yes, time. Like yes, that song mean, was was years ago, wasn't it? So yeah. she must have been yeah, very, that's, very that's young. That's what I thought. So she must have been pretty young when the song came out then. You're at 31 then with um, Jojo, and next is... Paul Van Dyke. He is yes. uh, he's a DJ and he's always in a B third. His birthday's the sixteenth of December. Higher or lower than thirty one? I think he might be lower. Actually, he is. He's fifty this year. No, incredible. He doesn't look it. He doesn't no, look it. You think of. Not. You think, you know, DJ Ibiza Super Clubs, you assume yeah. he must be in his 20s, but no, he's 50 this well, year. You see, now, this is the industry. It's very, very interesting you saying that because very often the most hip of clubs, they do chase the experience. I guess so. They're less troublesome, yeah. aren't they? You get the younger the ones. ones and... They're not going to just go and get gassed at the bar right away and <laughs> all that nonsense and start falling I'm... about. And... I was trying to think of a nice way of phrasing that, and you, you, you just did it. That was it. You nailed it there. You've got a couple, a couple to go, so you can redeem yeah. yourself here. So we're at fifty. Next, you've got television presenter Ben Shepherd. So he yes. presents Tipping Point. His birthday is the eleventh of December. We're at fifty. Are we going higher or lower then for Ben Shepherd? He definitely I, looks younger, doesn't I, I, he? He's not. He looks like he's not aged since he first appeared on our TV screens. No, well, this is it. Well, so many of them don't, actually. You know, it's incredible. I mean, Nicholas Parsons, you know, 90 or something <laughs> like that. I'm edging towards lower, yes. yes. All right. I you I are correct. 47. There you are. 47. Yes, 47. I'm not just an athlete, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Credit to Ben Shepherd. He's looking good for 47. Very good for 47, yes. Well done, Ben. Yes, absolutely. I'm a black belt in karaoke, just so that you know. (laughs) Your last one, then. Uh, We're actually staying in the world of TV here. So Uh 19th of December is the birthday of Richard Hammond, formerly of Top Gear, uh, presented various different things, uh, commonly known as the hamster. The hamster Um, always looks incredibly young. He does. Although he went through that period with the long hair, and that was a little yes. dodgy. But, uh, yeah, 19th of December, higher or lower then than 47? Mm, higher or lower than 47? I think, yes, I think he might be a wee bit upwards on that. I think he's, he's probably pushing 50. 
He is 52 this year. Wow. So we weren't too far out there. Not at, we not at all. Lost too much of a stouche, as we say in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> well done. You got, you got two right there, which is very respectable. It's, very it's all respectable. right, isn't it? <laughs> It's good. It's passable. It's passable. Um, Scotty, my first question is always the same on these podcasts. Yes. Um, and it's the story that I always love hearing from people. What What was the moment that you knew? What was the moment that you knew radio was for you? When I was nine years old. Uh, in fact, even earlier, somebody had sent me a tiny little plastic crystal set uh, made in Japan. I always remember that. And you could stroke this thing and actually get just very, very faintly. In one of these old earphones that used to see uh, people with very early hearing aids wearing, uh, a sort of pink earphone, you know, and uh, very, very obvious. And uh, I could remember hearing something, and I thought this was amazing. And, of course, in the house we had the big old sets, the Philips and the Bush and stuff like that, uh, you know, from the 1930s, 1940s. And I just absolutely loved this thing. Uh, they had great sounds to them because of the wood cabinet and a huge speaker and valve sets at the time. And, you know, you got you got a huge variety of stations from across the world. So tuning along this thing was great, hearing all the squeals and squeaks, all that stuff. Anyway, when I was nine, I got given a kit that you could build your own radio station. And wow. this thing, you could, yep, amazing, and you could hear it. If you broadcast in the house, you could just hear it on the car radio, uh, one of these beautiful big old radio mobiles in the garage. So my father and grandfather were in the garage while I read out their names, <laughs> and um, that was the start of the bug, but I didn't believe that I would ever work in it, but I always thought I wanted to. So. Your so your your career starts not in in radio, doesn't it? I'm right in thinking. No. Four do, years. Do you work in in banking a for a bit, and then yeah, yeah and then was it theatre after that? Learning all about the world of finance and all the rest of it, and that was great. And then off to drama school, uh, right. you know, and then um, into opera. Uh, so another four years in opera, you're in the theatre, one of the top theatre companies. Um, and I started meeting so many interesting people. This was what was incredible. You were meeting stars, uh, you know, and then uh, into television, uh, reading television news for ITV. Uh, fantastic stuff. I had a great time doing that. And then they were looking for somebody to set a radio station up. And they said, well, why don't you speak to this man? Because he knows everything there is to know about radio. So I went and set up a radio station, and um, it's still on air to this day, Amazing. 30 years later. Um, and then I uh, went to complete my, uh, my teacher training stuff and uh, got the call from the late, great John Myers. Um, we'd worked together uh, as ITV newscasters at Border Television in Carlisle. John was a Carlisle lad, and we'd got on so well, and he said, I'm looking for somebody to do a phone-in. Now, I was replacing famous people. I was replacing Alan Bezik. Alan uh, had done many years and had a huge, huge following, terrific audience. And I thought, well, I'm never going to be able to, to, to beat that. And then um, Barry Askew, who was the editor of the Lancashire Evening Post, and Barry was doing it for a while and I think what happens with late night radio it's it's very exhausting for the host um, so John said I'm looking for a phone in and um, will you come and, and give it a try and after night one now I've never been run over by a tractor but if if I was run over by a tractor that's what night one on the radio would have felt like and people started saying, you're rubbish, you are. They want to get Alan back and he could talk to people and you're, you're, you're rubbish and don't know what, Scotch, Scotchman? Because they, they don't say Scotsman. Scotchman. Scotchman coming down, trying to tell us. And then I thought, so I started back on them. And I said, look, uh, you know, I'm not having this. And I started back on them and um, uh, the boss phoned and said, this is just an absolute scream. I said, is it all right? He said, oh, it's wonderful. 
And then I can remember when, um, sadly, Windsor Castle went on fire in 1992, I think it was, and it caused such a tragedy. And I said, I think we should collect some money for the Queen, for Windsor Castle. Well, I won't go into the details of the kind of calls I was getting, but they weren't all pro the monarchy and they weren't all pro giving the money. I said, well, perhaps we should take it out of people's council tax. Well, what a night. So I get a call from the boss. He said, I can't believe this. And he said, "Try to just let, let them get a little bit of their point across. And I just went for these people and I went for the anti-monarchists and I went for the people calling them mean and tight and what have you, that, uh, you know, the poor queen needed some money to do up Windsor. And it was only maybe five pounds, ten pounds out of the cash. Well, but what a show. And it just let me know where the entertainment level lay in talk radio. I mean, uh, you, you, so you've worked at, at, at various different radio stations. I, I remember you, uh, I remember you from Hallam FM in Sheffield, because that's, oh, yes. that's the area that, that I'm based in. And I, I think I'm right in thinking that that show was it networked across a few different, um, big yes, city what, what stations. What happened to, uh, what happened to me was, um, you know, we'd, we'd done the Red Rose thing to tremendous success huge audiences, and then they uh, were setting up in Scotland with Scott FM. Now, it was two ITV stations that had got the franchise, not Scottish television, because it would have been in their TSA. So at that time, you couldn't really, there would be ownership challenges uh, So uh, with the television station and the radio stations. So Grampian Television and Border Television had got together and got the franchise for Central Scotland, which was not the local radio franchise. So you're moving from ILR to um, IRR, uh, Regional Radio. Mm -hmm. And here was this huge station across Central Scotland. Um, so... Uh, the, the development, I thought, right, how do we make this work? So I went up and I said to the bosses, uh, and they weren't used to being spoken to like this, I think, you know, the, have you anything you want to ask us? I said, yes, what's your power? What are your frequencies? Where are your transmitters based? Because I thought, if they can give me all the background to this, I will know what I can do for them. We took it on and had the most fantastic almost three years in central Scotland. And we touched figures of 200,000, almost quarter of a million at times, every half hour on a three-hour radio show. Again, remember, there's no internet, there's no YouTube, there's no Facebook, etc., etc. at this point. Um, and they got a call one night from the telephone company and it was one of the senior engineers, and they said, um, excuse me, are you a business? And they said, yes, we are, we're a radio station. And they said, do you do a big competition at night? That kind of explains it. They said, no, 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 Scotty's on. And they said, oh, Scotty McClure, him. Tell him he's shorting out the network for Central Scotland. <laughs> and we'll take the hit. We'll fix it all up for him. You know, give him our regards. Wow. So it was one, and of course, that made the newspapers, this guy... Has, and we saw the printout, 460,000 calls in one week. Now, we're not going to get them all to air, James, but this was people that would be readouts, they'd be trying again. Uh, very often when you rang Scotty McClure, uh, if you got cut off for cheeking up or whatever, your chances of getting on again were virtually zero. <laughs> you know, I mean, one of the funniest calls I ever had was a guy Brian, I think his name was, and I said to him, uh, I took the call, somebody said, Brian on line three, Scotty. Brian, yes. I said, uh, uh, what can I do for you? How are you tonight, Brian? That was it. Bloody, bloody angry. I said, well, what's making you angry, Brian? You, two hours, two hours I've been waiting on this phone to speak to you. I said, Brian, I shan't keep you a second longer and cut him off. <laughs> Now, he's going to be absolutely apoplectic, you know, and, and that was the kind of fun. Another night we were just putting the fader up and down, up and down, taking call after call after call. And uh, this chap came on and said, hi, Scotty, my name's John. I said, thanks for that, John. Mary, 
Yazir went on to the next call. Anyway, two hours later, his wife phoned and said, my husband rang Scotty. All he got to say was, my name's John. I said, I thought that's what he was ringing to tell us. You see, so it was just terrific humour from that point of view. And then the other thing that really did blow my mind was I was invited um, to speak at the Radio Academy conference in, 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 when I was at Sheffield. It was in Birmingham that year. And um, I, was, I was very honoured because it's a great honour to speak and there's a lot of uh, very pivotal people attend these things. So there I was just about to start speaking at the conference and in walked the head of Radio 1. And I nearly fainted. I thought, what's he doing here? What interest is a, an old guy in a flat cap to him, you see? And, of course, it was the fact we had such a massive youth following. Mm. Mm. You know, because the young people just adore Scotty McClure to this day. Uh, you know, and it just gets a massive youth following. And the humour was huge, again, because they would come on and they, they, you know, their voices perhaps were just breaking and they'd put a deep voice on and say, McClure, we are Vikings. We are going to run you through with our swords. And then you would hear, you know, a second or two later, the mother coming in and going, right, the two of you, get that off and get to your beds. <laughs> you know, and they go, Ma, we're trying to talk to Scotty. I told you not to listen to him. You see, That's and of course, brilliant. if you tell a young person not to listen to something, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? I, I wanted to ask you, and, and you've touched on a couple of examples there, do you have, like, a favourite ever call that you've had? My favourite ever call, it was a slightly naughty on me, but he was such a nice man, and I met him. He called, and he assumed for absolutely no reason that there was something wrong with the telephones. So the call was like this. I put my fader up, and I said, uh, we'll just call him John. I said, uh, good evening, John. And he went, hello, 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 Scotty, hello, hello. Hello, John, how are you? Yes, hello, Scotty, can you hear me? And I thought, aha. And the, the, the little naughty person within me thought there's some fun afoot here. So I left a gap. I said nothing. Hello, hello, Scotty, hello. Ah, uh, uh, no, 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 I think there's something wrong with this phone. Then I said, hello, John. Ah, ah, you're there, Scotty, you're there. Excellent, yeah. I thought there was something wrong with the phone, Scotty. I think but there might be something wrong. No, there was nothing wrong with his phone. <laughs> Everything was perfect. We could hear him. He could hear us. So then he said, hello, hello, Scotty, are you, are you still there? So I went quiet again. <laughs> and then, ah, no, no, we've lost him, we've lost him. You see, I said, hello, John. Ah, you're there, Scotty, yes. Uh, I, I said, uh, he said, Scotty, I think there's something wrong with my phone. And I thought, he's not going to believe me if I tell him there's not. I said, do you have another phone in the house, John? He said, eh, just the one upstairs in the bedroom. I said, do you want to try that? Now, we could hear his feet going up the stairs. He'd left the downstairs one on. He'd gone up. He picked up the upstairs one and said, hello, hello, Scotty. Scotty, what do you think? I said, I think the downstairs one's better, John. Right, right, I'll go back. We had him up and down the stairs, I think, three to four times. <laughs> Bless him. And I met oh. him and he said, Scotty, it's so good to meet you. But I don't know what was wrong with that phone that night. And I hadn't the heart to say, John, there was nothing wrong with your phone. Oh, well, if 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 John um, listens to this podcast, the cat's out of the bag. The cat is out of the bag. And as we say in Yorkshire, cat's out bag. <laughs> So that was an incredible call, another incredible call. There's some very, 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 very funny calls, and they're very memorable. But some of the most memorable were just ordinary people that you, Scotty, could do something for them. We were credited with saving a number of lives by talking people out of, of taking their own. Wow. You know? uh, so things like that, that's the, the, the most serious side to it. Um and, and and one night, I had a miner on, a retired miner just after the miner's strike uh, and all the sort of bitterness that was flying about with the way the government had treated the miners and, and Margaret Thatcher and Arthur Scargill and all that sort of stuff. 
And um, I said, oh, you'll be rubbing your hands with all the money you'll be making from your white knuckle finger and your sore knees from years and years of kneeling in the mines and hacking coal. And of course, I was just being facetious. But he said, no, I don't have a thing, Scotty. Retired, I don't even have a pension. I said, oh, you should have a pension. I well, well, I, well, I don't. I said, right, I'm going to give you a number. Can you ring this number? Tell them you've been on Scotty McClure, which, of course, was just great fun. And um, I said, and see how you go. Anyway, uh, about two, three days later, on he came. I can't thank thee enough. Can't thank thee enough. £140 a week back dated for six months. Wow. And he'd, all it was, it was true. nothing to do with me. All I'd done was give him you know, the miners, pensioners, helpline or something like that, you know. And uh, and he found that he was due his pension. And of course, bless him, but he would phone almost every night and just can't thank the enough. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> so these are, the, these are the lovely sides of it that people would never hear. You know, so somebody what, might mention, Scotty McClure, ah, what a clown. What about the most difficult call that you've had? Um... The most difficult call would be something we talked about. A, a, a gentleman phoned one night and he said, Scotty, can I talk to you? And I knew he was anxious about something. And I said, um, yes, of course. What can I do for you? He said, Scotty, I had to tell you my dad's died. And I said, well, I'm very sorry to hear that. So anyway, we talked about his father's passing. And I then said, can you tell me, this was well into the conversation, um, when your father actually passed away. And I thought he was going to say a couple of months ago. He said, about just over half an hour ago, Scotty. Oh. So he didn't know who to phone. You know, obviously the doctor had been and his mother or whatever, all that. But he didn't know who to phone to talk to. And he rang the phone in. Wow. That's, so, that's that's big, isn't it? That's yeah, um... just. I mean, I was totally thrown. So we just had a had a chat, and so thanks. I better go now, Scotty. I said, "Yeah, no problem at all." But we're, you know, we're here. I said, "I ah, thank, thanks, thanks, mate." So you know that sort of call. And then another lady phoned one night, and she said, and "Don't ask me where this came from, James, because I couldn't tell you." Uh, she came on. Uh, I said, "Mary," she says, "Hello." I said, how are you, love? Fine. I said, I don't think you are fine, Mary. What's up, love? What's to do? No, no, I'm fine. I said, Mary, you can tell me. Right? I did like to say this. There's just the rest of the nation listening. Uh, you know, and she said, um, no, it's, it's not. I said, no, there's something's not right, Mary, and you can feel free to tell me. Is it something private? Ah, private. Don't want to talk about it. I said, Mary, is it your health? There, I said, "Is it a lady's problem?" I, I don't want. I don't want to go there. I said, "Right, all right, Mary." But I just, uh, if you're anxious, I said, "I want to help." And then I went like this. I don't ask me why, James, because I don't know. But I said, "Mary, do you have Crohn's disease?" Which, as you know, is a you know a, a, a disease of the intestine. And um, there was a pause, and she went, "How did you know that?" It's taken doctors seven years to diagnose me. So, and this is on a phone-in on the radio. Now, I don't know no. to this day, James, why I said it. We had a chat, and, and she was great about it. And she opened up, and she told me all about it, and because we'd broken the ice. Mm. But to this day, James, I don't know where that came from. Uh, we, we, what we've not talked about yet is is the fact that now you're doing the internet phoning, which is truly kind of, you know, it's national, it's international. You, you, do you have people calling you now that were first ringing you years and years ago? Yes, all the time. This started, I mean, I'll just finish, James, if I may return to, to Radio Alum, as they call it in Yorkshire, or yeah, Alum yeah. FM. Um, just you were saying what happened. So anyway, Scott FM... Uh, the success was just so huge, but I think it was perhaps beginning to put a lot of pressure on the existing businesses. Anyway, for some reason, I didn't get my contract renewed. To this day, we don't know why. 
And when I went home, there were various newspapers ringing because they couldn't believe that this had happened to Scotty McClure. The great Scotty McClure's been knocked off by somebody who obviously didn't really quite realise what they were doing. And because they had to end, they ended up selling the station very soon afterwards. Um, but this was new management that had taken over. And uh, anyway, long story short, I went. And one of the calls when I got back to the house was one of the big radio bosses. He said, what happened? I said, I don't know. So, well, I can't start you tomorrow, so it's going to be Monday now. <laughs> so he was <laughs> going to clear his evening show for Scotty. And then Hallam were looking for a phone-in presenter. I just thought to myself, hopefully we're in with a shout here. And um, I was very lucky, and uh, I got that post, and I never looked back. And we were just about to network it across all the all the stations uh, that was um, EMAP Radio at the time, now Bauer, of course. And then um, I got the offer to go to Manchester for Century. Do you do you ever get bored of talking to people? Oh, never. No, no, I don't think I ever could because you're always learning all the time. Or you're thinking, what do we do with this call? Now, you see... It's billed as a talk show because it's radio, but it's actually a listening show. So as soon as they start to talk, I'm listening. I'm thinking, right, where are we going with this? And you can tell if somebody's, uh, you know, got a bright side to them, if they're up for a bit of fun, if they're serious, if they want to talk something like politics. This 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 leads me to a question about Sir Sir Scotty McClue has not been without a few controversies over the year. Oh. I think it's it's fair to uh, fair to say you were in um, a spot of bother a couple of uh, a couple of times. How do you feel about that now? Looking back, do you, do you have any regrets about some of the things that you've said? No, no, I don't because they were of their time. So in in in, in those days, if you brought up you know, people's proclivities. The newspapers were doing the same things and they were trying to out people for what they were. So you would see this all the time and I never knew that. Wow. You know, this sort of thing. So it had that value. Nowadays, that's totally unacceptable. In fact, probably, you know, verging on uh, against the law. From that point of view, now everyone says Scotty McClure of his time, never be able to, never be able to change. You can't have that now. You can't say some of the things that you could say in context. I mean, it's a bit like looking back. Somebody says, "Is slavery wrong?" You say, "Of course, slavery is wrong." But in 1660, it was what was done. Now that never can excuse it, but it does explain it. Through history, this is what's happened. Now we've moved on. What I love about what we've always done with uh, the, the Scotty McClue programs is we've moved with the times. Always, in fact, we were ahead of our times at the time, and I like to keep ahead of the times. Uh, so I don't have um, any regrets from that point of view. Somebody said, do you regret the way you used to speak to people on the phone? I said, no, because they phoned me and had the op option of putting the phone down at any time. And if you don't like somebody, James, you don't phone, you don't ring them up, and you certainly don't stay on. And people used to say, does it worry you that people love you and people hate you? I said, no, as long as they're listening. And they would say, are you taking the, the mince out of them, or are they taking the mince out of you? I said, it doesn't matter, as long as somebody's taking the mince. It's the quality of the call, James. That's what people are listening for. How how much of that then was, or, or how much of it generally is 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 the real you? You know, are are you Scotty McClue when you wake up in the morning? Uh, well, uh, well, we don't even need to go there because I mean, we all, God willing, weather permitting, wake up in the morning and do our stuff. But I'm Scotty McClue as soon as that red light goes, right. You see, from that point of view. So it really doesn't matter what I say or do during the day because nobody's actually interested unless they can see and hear you or hear you and nowadays probably see you. 
Um, you know, and I'm no great shakes to look at. I'm no great oil painting, so they're probably better hearing me. Um, but from that point of view, some of the subjects we talked, we 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 took a certain angle on it, James, uh, because they needed to raise the profile of the subject. So I was to a certain extent, uh, or to a large extent, being in public service. So say you read that nurses were paid at that time £14,000 before the pandemic, everything. Long time ago, so 20 years ago, £14,000. If you'd gone on, as you might on the public service broadcast and said, I'm so sorry for the poor nurses, you know they're only on £14,000 a year. Somebody listening at night would say, stick that off, love, just have the footballs on the telly. But if Scotty McClure comes on and goes, these nurses, you know, they don't know they're born. Some of them are earning 14 grand a year. We're all in the wrong game. You see, get yourselves trained as a nurse, folks. 14 grand. Boom. The phones melt. Everyone a nurse. How dare you? You don't know what we do. I know what you do, love. You sit with a little fish and chip hat on, your high heels, your black stockings, your, your, your little white tops, dipping your biscuits in your tea, some poor soul shouting, nurse, nurse, and you're going, shut up. You know, oh, I dare you. It's nothing like that. So all right, then, Mrs. Big Mouth, tell us what's involved in nursing. McClue shuts up and listens. And the nation shuts up and listens because this lady knows what she's talking about and she explains to people what's involved in nothing. Now because she's irritated and annoyed she doesn't pull her punches so the whole lot comes out. So it's nothing for McClure to say at the end of that call right lovey all right well perhaps I was a bit harsh on the air. <laughs> well just so that you know Scotty McClure I like you fine I've nothing against thee Scotty but, you know, I'm not having that. I'm not having nurses spoken to like that. They do far too much for the, for the country. You're absolutely love. Couldn't agree more. So you've let your prisoners go and they've let you go because you're going to be talking to them the next night. Anyway, mm. <laughs> so there's, there's, yes, there's a technique in that, but the public are in on it. You see, so so actually the whole thing about Scotty McClue, I played, you know, perhaps a little bit older than I was, uh, you know, 30 years ago. And um, sometimes you'd have thought Scotty was older than his years. <laughs> but now I've grown into it. And uh, and people are saying, I, I thought you were dead. I can't believe this. This is wonderful. I said, no, apparently not. <laughs> oh, I did want to ask you about... Um about what you're doing now then, the, the internet phoning that you've been doing, as we record this, you've been doing it for, is it two or three months now that, that you've been uh, Yes, been we're doing, doing it, yes, about eight, nine weeks, I think we're moving. Well, we did show number 75 last night. Everybody's had such a serious time. We've had Brexit, we've had the pandemic, we've had all that stuff. The public have been put through the mill. We've had austerity, we've had the bankers. We've had all kinds of challenges for the last... 15 years, if you like. Um, and I thought the public deserve better. A lot of mainstream media's failing them. You know, you're getting a lot of jukebox radio. You're getting very one-sided news stories and things like that. So I thought they're not getting informed, educated, and entertained. We'll start something. Maybe nobody will go for it, but it doesn't matter because we're starting small. And from Little Acorns, Great Oaks Grow, and I know this from 30 years of building audiences. Um, so uh, I thought we'll try the internet phone and see how it goes. First night, couldn't get moving for calls. Now, big radio stations and big television stations can't get callers. You'll hear them going, sorry, there's the number on your screen now. Give us a call. Nobody calls. But McClue pops up on the internet and goes, aye, ah. And they'll go, hey, Scotty, what's your number? Mm. Right, I'll give you a ring. <laughs> Amazing, that. You're right. We, we, we do live in a like a, a society now where sort of ringing people is just not really the done thing. No. It's, you know, you, you reply to people on yeah. Twitter Ch or, or you or you Twitter. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, ringing people and just chatting is uh, such, it's almost like a, a, a rarity 
now. What what about the future then? Do you um would you like to be back on the radio someday? Yes, I think so. I mean, there are conversations going on all the time at the moment with some pretty senior people because right. they've said Scottish, he he won't want to do that. He'll have chucked it now. You know, he's an old guy. Um, and I will never ever chuck it uh because it's so interesting. I'm very excited by the future, and I just wish I was younger and then, um, you know, had even more future before me. Hopefully I've got a long future before me. But if many I years, you know, many yes, years. Yes, yes, yes. So we started the internet things. I thought people need, we need to know if people can smile, if people can have a laugh, if they can cope with lighthearted chat, banter, etc. And the answer is obviously yes. And it's just beginning to build beautifully. Brilliant. I, I could honestly sit here and talk to you all evening and, and still have questions. There yeah, are two yeah. things that I want to ask, both fairly quick fire questions, I guess, really, which is what is the favorite area that you've broadcast to and who do you enjoy listening to on the radio? You've really put me on the spot there, James. I'll deal with your second question first. Sure. I adored Terry Wogan. Mm-hmm. When I was writing for my thesis at university, Ken Bruce was the big star as well. And mm-hmm. Ken Bruce to this day is an outstanding radio broadcaster. And I loved radio too. Uh, you know, I loved in the morning when you had um, Ray Moore with his cough because Ray liked to smoke. And, uh, you know, say what's happening on the Rattlers this morning. And you could get that first thing in the morning when you opened your eyes. Uh, you know, and then, of course, you had Terry Wogan, you had uh, Ken Bruce, Jimmy Young. So Radio 2 was a real radio fest all day. Uh, and then big BBC names, Judith Chalmers and what have you in the afternoon. And, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you these fantastic people. And uh, you, you kind of felt they were all friends. Uh, so, so national radio, massive at the time. Uh, I was never a, a big listener to Radio 1. I love what it's done, but I was never a big listener um, to Radio 1. Loved even tuning into Radio 3 for Even Song, uh, Radio 4 for the Today program, and Radio 4 is one that you can leave on. And then, of course, our own beautiful ILR stations. So I, I, you know, had them on whatever station I worked for, the the car was permanently tuned to, and I could hear all my mates, you know, and I would say to your show was so funny. I had it the way home last night, you know. Occasionally you'd flick just to hear the competition. Mm-hmm. And the, some of the competition was very, very strong at the time. There's about, I hope this doesn't sound arrogant, but there's about half a dozen of us in the world doing the job properly, I would say. And then there are one or two young pretenders. You're only as good as your last show. We used to always say that because that's ah, a cliche that, you know, and said, no, it's not actually, uh, you know, because you can see people leave if you don't do something well. Somebody said to me, you must do a terrific amount of preparation. I said, none at all. I said, you must do. I said, no, because you don't know what's coming next. And I said to somebody recently who was very keen to use McClueisms in his, in his work, and uh, very keen to sort of do a, an element of imitation in his work. And he's very successful. And I said, well, you'll never be able to actually imitate Scotty because you don't know what's coming next. And I said, and neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. You know, and I don't, I don't know what's coming next when, the, when they, they say, Mary on line three, I don't know what's coming, James. It's, it's brilliant, isn't it, how um, the power of human beings just having conversations is still as great now as it's ever been. And you can call it the Scotty McClue show, but it's always going to be the people's show. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, because they decide if they're coming on, if they're not, if they like you, if they don't. Where I do get flattered is when they feel they can tell you straight. I'm glad I got on to thee, about time and all. No, you listen to me, Scotty. Don't start all that. You think that you know it all. Let me tell thee, lad. And you think, oh, this is a beautiful call. I don't think I'm going to hang up on this idiot telling me I don't know what I'm doing. I think this is gold. I go, go on then. Let's have it. 
Tell us, do you us? Tell us what you think you know. <laughs> all um all your impressions of your callers, they're all Yorkshire voices. Yes. Now you were asking, sorry, I, I went on, what was my favorite? Well, you've put me on the spot because I adore my own kinsfolk. There's a saying, the prophet has no honor in his own land. But to be honest with you, I had huge, huge honor in Scotland. I was honored by the people of Scotland and still am. And for that, I'm always going to be eternally grateful. They took me to their bosoms and they've kept me there, giving me what we would say in the Northeast, a boozy, a good yeah. snuggle. You come here, Colin. You come here, Scotty lad. You see, so that's that. But uh, Newcastle, wonderful, wonderful people. Um, Carlisle, Cumbria, wonderful people, all with their own dialects and mini dialects and huge dialects. But the Yorkshire people, I'm the world's only honorary Yorkshireman. <laughs> they might have had a few beers one night in the pub that said, you should be a Yorkshireman, because that's got all the abilities. <laughs> that's clever, that's smart. And that understands people. <laughs> the Yorkshire lad, didn't he? <laughs> and that you can't, no knighthood or anything could ever replace that. No. You know, honorary Yorkshireman, amazing. An honor, the world's only honorary Yorkshireman. I can add that, you know, because, you know, you need to be, you need to be, that's like the lad that somebody said, You've only lived in Yorkshire for 50 years, so you'll never be a Yorkshireman. And he said, well, <laughs> thank God for that. You know? uh, so, But I, I, I think the opposite. I think, what an honour. Scotty, it's been absolutely just fantastic. Um, we have one final thing that we have to um, take care of, yes, and sir. that is Jock Against the Clock. All right. Jock Against the Clock. Well, so this this is how it works. Get to it, as we say. <laughs> I'm going to ask you five questions. Yes. You have to answer them as quickly as you can. Obviously, right. you are the jock. You are against the clock. Um, there is a 10-second penalty for any that you get wrong. Yes. If you get them all wrong, then you're out. If they're music questions, I might struggle sometimes because I do a talk show. <laughs> uh, there might be a couple of music questions in there, maybe. Mm. We'll, 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 we'll just have to see. see At the moment, top of the leaderboard is Joe Russell from Gem uh, Radio and Greatest Hits Radio on 64 seconds. So mm. 64 seconds is what you are aiming for if you want to go top of the leaderboard. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. In three... Two, one, start the clock. December 2013 saw the release of which animated film featuring the voice of Adina Menzel? December 13. Haven't a clue. Okay, we'll move on. What date in December does winter officially begin? Also the shortest day. Uh, short as a 15th. Lad Baby was at number one in December 2018, 2019 and 2020 with songs about what savoury food item? Pasties. What was abolished in a landmark vote in Parliament in December 1969? Hanging, the death penalty. And Little Mix were the first group to win the X Factor in December 2011. Which judge was their mentor on the show? Simon Cowell. All right, stop the clock. Jock against the clock. So you did that in exactly 63 seconds. Well, a bit over. Now we've got to go through your answers. So... December 2013, the animated film Frozen. Oh, Frozen, of course. What and, am I talking I, have about? You never seen, it's a great film. Yes, everyone Frozen, yes absolutely. What am I talking about? 
Um, winter of... Reese wanted some stuff from Frozen, you know, and uh, so I got her some peas and some chips. <laughs> Brilliant. When in December does winter officially begin? I think you said the 15th. You were I close. Did. It's the 21st of oh, December. Oh, 21st. Lad Baby uh, sang songs about, you said pasties. The answer yes. is sausage rolls. I'm, I'm feeling generous. I'm going to give you that yes, one. Yes, we're not too far off the mark there. You know, if, yeah, I I think... a, if I couldn't get a pasty, I would take a sausage roll. <laughs> and then McLeese pies, of course, do the vegetarian lettuce slice in a rich chicken sauce. Oh, sounds lovely. <laughs> what was abolished in December 1969? It was the death penalty. You were correct. And then uh, Little Mix. I think this is a hard question. Um, Little Mix winning the X Factor in December 2011. Who was the judge? You said Simon Cowell. That's the obvious answer. But it wasn't. It was Talisa. Ah, yes, indeed. So that is a 30-second penalty to add on to your time. So that gives you a grand seconds. grand total of 93 seconds. Oh, too long, isn't it? So let's take a look at the table. The Radio Essentials Leaderboard. So 63 seconds plus your 30-second penalty, a grand total of 93 I'm going to give you the good news. The good news is you are not bottom of the leaderboard. You go in yeah. at number four. Dave Cooper, who was on last month, was 98 seconds. So you have shaved a bit off that time. You are coming in at 93, so you go number four on the leaderboard. Very respectable, very sir. Honored. I'm very, very honoured, sir. I thank you. It's wonderful. It's the start of good things. <laughs> Scotty, I can't tell you how much of a pleasure it has been. I know I said this earlier, but I would happily talk until the wee small hours of the morning, but um, we will. Uh, we have to stop at some point. Yes. Thank you so much for your time. Yes, sorry, I hope, I hope you'll get at least maybe seven to ten minutes out of this. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit. I what, what, can I, what can I possibly edit out of Scotty McClue? <laughs> <laughs> well, you could take me out because <laughs> I was very interested in what you were saying. Uh, James, it's been an absolute privilege talking with you. I mean, it's so lovely to to to, to hear you, and thank you for uh, for you know such interesting questions because you've stimulated quite a lot of thought there. You know, well, it's been it's been an absolute honour for me, Scotty. Thank you again for your time. Yep, and I hope everybody enjoys this podcast as much as you and I enjoy it. Lovely. <laughs> if yes, anyone's still listening by, uh, by, by this point. Find out more about Radio Essentials by finding us on social media at Radio Essentials, or you can head to radioessentials.com. Big things to come in 2022, by the way, including a little birdie tells me there's going to be another giveaway for a Roadcaster Pro. So keep an eye on the socials. You don't want to miss that. Okay, we'll be back next month where we'll have another guest from the world of radio see you then and of course merry christmas and a happy new year the radio essentials podcast visit radio essentials online radioessentials.com